Yo, yo, what up, guys? Um, my voice is fucked up, so today's episode a little bit unorthodox, but my entire show is unorthodox. You know what I'm saying? Lost my voice, obviously, screaming, yelling. Um, it's been a fucking crazy week. Even just uh, being back in LA, I just had this most, you know, common sense just doesn't exist. It's just fucking a shame. You tell somebody, hey, listen, make sure you lock the door, okay? Of course, dummy. You don't think I know? Okay, lock the door. And then guess what? They don't lock the door. Someone breaks into your fucking house. And then what do you do? You don't fucking blame them because it's just, you can't do shit unless you do it yourself. People always wonder why I do so many things by myself, why I do things myself, because I hate being disappointed. Simple shit, you know? Like reading the label, stuff like that. Oh, by the way, guys, this is the Behind the Baller podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Again, we are not back to two episodes a week just yet, but I wanted to give you guys something special. Um, thank God I recorded this in Seattle because fuck, my voice is completely shot. And, uh, you know, I don't want to fuck you up with my whisper game. So, yeah, man, I'm fresh back from the 206. Um, as you know, Seahawks, we lost. We suck. Uh, we're done. The season's over. Even if we come back with Russ, this season's a wrap. You know, at the best, you know, we could end up 9-8, and eight, which at least saves us from having a losing record. You know, when I jumped on the Hawks, we were 7-9. Uh, and nine. We have a 17-game uh, uh, season this year. So it's just, you know, it just sucks. I don't want to get too deep into it. What I do want you guys to do is to listen to the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast, M-A-N, the number two M-A-N podcast with my boy Mike Dugar and Chris Kidd. These guys are real Seattle Seahawks sports analysts, real, legit, from A to Z. They know everything about the Seahawks. I was just huge. Just I was. It was such a huge honor to be on the show. We got to really talk about football. Motherfuckers don't really know. Like It's different for me to talk about it on this show. But to talk about it on an actual football show where motherfuckers know everything about that team all the way down to the 54th player that doesn't get to suit up, you know what I'm saying, on the practice team. These guys are like my father-in-law. They know everything. But, you know, of the 56 games I've gone to in the last 10 years, home games, I mean, this was the most fucking rain I've dealt with. Had the poncho on, you know, Four fucking hours of rain. I just, I don't know what to say, man. It was just, it was brutal. You know, the highlight of my trip is uh, I got to eat at the OG Paseos. Like the OG Paseos. Um, got, you know, Cuban sandwich shit was bomb. You know what, actually, I take that back. I should be a little more grateful. I had a beautiful 1,600 square foot penthouse suite downtown Seattle with all the fixings and all that shit and everything. And, um, you know, my man, Quandre Diggs, my boy, Jamal Adams, they both played hell of a game. Jamal had a really good game. The slander got to stop. Dude's a star. Um, I came by, kicked it with your boy. We chopped it up for a bit. And the crazy thing was Alvin Kamara was staying in my hotel. So when I was about to record the Man to Man podcast, I hear this dude call me over, ask my boy Twin from QC, uh, quality control label, the, you know, um, Coach K and uh, my man uh, P. So, uh, you know, we, we chop it up. I was actually pretty flattered, pretty honored 
that AK-41, um, Alvin Kramar, know who I was. He knew who I was. So we got to chop it up, talk about the thing. I don't want to talk about the personal shit we talk about. I don't want to put him out there either because, you know, we said some things. We talked about some personal shit. And, uh, you know, it was respect. Um, I told you guys the ball was going to 41. And what happened? The ball was going to 41. Uh, we held on to 13 points. But like I said, listen to Man to Man podcast to hear all the shit that uh, was said. But, um, you know, it was nice to kick with some of the Seahawks players. Me and Quandre talk almost every day. Good dude, man. You know, I'm scared. I, I really wonder what's going to happen next year, you know. Another thing, too, is um, just by, was crazy. I found out, like, this is like, you know, of course, rumor word of mouth, but this is true because you have homies who make up stories. You have homies who, you know, telling the truth. But I found out that Stafford, Matthew Stafford, was this close, fucking this close to becoming a 49er. And the first time Miles Davis is going to hear that is right now on this podcast. Do you fucking know what would have happened if Matt Stafford went to the fucking Niners? Yes. Super Bowl contenders. And the death of me. I would fucking lose it. I would have died. Matthew Stafford throwing a Debo. Into, oh my God, bro, the Kittle. Are you kidding me? Thank fucking God. I mean, whatever. Just you know, fucking, I hate the Rams regardless. But that was crazy. Uh, shot to my boy Thatch to win. Thatch went to the game. He decided to pick me up. Took me and my cousin to the game. Uh, took us out. It was uh, it was the worst mood I've been in. Losing that game when we could have won. Myers missed his field goals. I was living. I have not been that upset in a very long time. You know, contrary to what people think about me in person... I'm actually a pretty happy guy, you know, I love being around my kids, you know, I bought two cars this week, you know, life is good, I just, I expect more, man, you know, I should, people say you should have low expectations, fuck that, I demand, I expect more people, people should know more about certain things, you know, not just pop culture, just, just be worldly, man. Yeah, man, it felt bad. You know, I think that doesn't really know me that well. So, you know, he got to see me in a fucked up mood, sitting in traffic. I was just like, man, dog, it might be Xanax time. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, I won't be there this Sunday for the Jaguars game. You already know what happened. We, man, I didn't want to talk about it. They're the worst team in the NFL next to the Lions. Um, can't miss Halloween. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm going to be here. By the way, um, I'm giving my tickets away for the game, the home game after which is uh, November 21st. We play against the Cardinals. Uh, I've opted not to fly to Washington, D.C. I just need to chill out for a little bit. I'm a 12 all day, you know. Never going to stop that. Definitely going to be, you know, in Houston, Washington Texans for the... And I'll be shooting the House of Ho, HBO TV show out there at the game. Um, I'll be going to, you know, other home games and shit. But yeah, uh, day after Christmas against the Bears, I won't be there because... You know, Christmas is a big deal here. But I'm giving my Cardinals tickets away to my father-in-law, my brother-in-law. Maybe they can bring some good luck to the Hawks. At that point, Cardinals probably be 9-0. and um, Who knows? On any given Sunday, right? Okay. Well, listen, guys. This is the questions episode. This is the first way we did this through a new format, doing it through email. And there's a lot of questions. And, you know, I answer it just on the fly. Ain't no pre-recorded shit. I mean, not pre I'm saying, like, I didn't see the questions prior I just read them on the fly and just that's what it was. So, Miles, let's jump into some commercials. And uh, yeah, <laughs> again, 
you, know, you that good, bro. I don't, maybe Jordan hit that button. I don't know which one of y'all did, but that's Lakey Lake right there. That's that, you know, oof. Man, Lakey's so cold with the Mr. Mantles, man, the beats, you know. So yeah, we're gonna pay some bills, jump in these questions. We'll be right back, y'all. Now, BTB Army, you know I love my Postmates. With Postmates, I get all my favorite foods delivered without leaving the house. Postmates isn't just McDonald's and sushi. I could order things like toothpaste, phone chargers, on demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. My favorite part, when the app lets me know that my food or items have been delivered right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods or that one thing you forgot to get from the store and get it delivered on demand. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a little something extra. New customers will get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use code BALLER. That's code BALLER to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. That's a max saving of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. That's promo code BALLER. From Wondering, American Scandal is an illuminating podcast that takes you deep into the heart of America's dark side to look at what drives cutthroat competitors to succeed at any cost, whether legal or not. The new season, L.A. Steals Its Water, tells the infamous story of how Los Angeles stole its water supply from California's Owens Valley and ignited a war between the local farmers and the L.A. Big Shots. It's a battle that turned ugly and deadly. William Mulholland, superintendent of L.A.'s water department, and Fred Eaton, L.A.'s mayor, set about on an ethically questionable task. They started buying up land from farmers in Owens Valley, not telling them that that'd be used for land to build an aqueduct and redirect their water down to Los Angeles. Mohol and Eaton knew that for LA to prosper, it would need more water. And the only way they could get it was to steal it. And in doing so, it ignited a war between farmers and the big shots in L.A., a war that ended in lives lost and grudges that last to this day. Listen to American Scandal on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen one week early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Yo, yo, what up, guys? So as you know, this episode just kind of consists of fan questions. Um, In the past, we did it once a month. We were doing it, um, you know, periodically and stuff. But uh, once Apple Podcasts changed the way they formatted how to leave a comment, it's actually kind of confusing. I couldn't figure out how to fucking leave a comment on someone's podcast. And uh, we're like, you know what, fuck this. Let's just make it, you know a lot easier for fans because people listen on Spotify, people listen on uh, Stitcher, on fucking all over the place. Not everyone listens only on Apple. So as you know, fan questions, ask anything. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about fucking oatmeal? You want to talk about diamonds? I mean, if it's something I haven't answered, I'm going to answer on the show. So 
Miles, drum roll, please. <laughs> I don't know why I asked for a drum roll. Fuck it, let's go. Uh, Chris Cheek writes, what's good, Ben? Hope all is well with you and the fam. Just wanted to give you your flowers and say that you are my biggest inspiration in the jewelry world. Just want some advice. I'm a senior biomedical engineering student and I'm going into pharmaceutical industry after graduation, but I have aspirations of becoming a jeweler or developing a jewelry company in the future. Any tips in breaking into the game with no real connections? By the way, you should really consider an internship apprentice program. You know, um, I have uh, internships that we do. Um, my The manager of, of my business, you know, he handles that. It's a different way we rock, man. Uh, you know, um, we could have more people, but then uh, it's, you know, I don't know. It, it's weird with the infrastructure, the way jewelry is. It's not like t-shirts. It's not like we're not doing this on an assembly line. Do you know what I mean? Everything is more handcrafted. So it's a little bit more, there's more care that's taken into this. Now, with that said, biomedical engineering. Um, pharmaceuticals is a good business, especially with all the shit that's going on in the world right now. You know, um, insurance or not, you know, drugs are fucking huge is what it is. It is such a different fucking world from jewelry. Now, breaking into the game as a salesperson, as what? As a, you know, as a as an actual jeweler, a bench jeweler, we want to do repairs. Do you want to make pieces? It really depends. I mean, there's so many different tips on getting in. Obviously, you know, you have to have a bankroll. If jewelry is one of those professions where if you have no bank world, then it's just really not going to be a successful um, venture for you because your entire inventory is your life. Do you know what I mean? So like, you know, there are ways to where you meet people, you start building relationships, you can get things on memo. Memo means kind of like loan. And then basically they give you something for like 90 days. If you can't pay for it, then you give it back. And you try to sell shit. And like a lot of jewelry stores that you see, they're all memo. Some jewelry stores are just mom and pop stores and they're just inventory. Is, is, that's basically their bankroll. And, um, you know, you're talking about gold and diamonds. So if you don't have gold and diamonds in your inventory, it's tough. You know, my boy Greg Yuna, he, um, you know, he still has small inventory, but everything is his. He has no memo. And he's trying to get it going and he's just, he's working it out. So, Breaking in, there's so many different ways. You know, I, I don't know. You need to be more specific. But if you're trying to be just a jeweler jeweler, I mean, you can go to night school. You can go to junior college, find jewel, you know, jewelry trade making skills and practice and stuff. And that's cool. It's a long process though, guys. You know, I've been doing this shit for almost 18 years. It is not an overnight thing at all. Like people are like, oh shit, Ben Baller, he blew up. That ASAP Ferg song came out and fuck, Plain Jane came out in 2017, okay? I had already been in the game 12 years, so, you know, it's, it's just a different type of shit, man. Anyways, appreciate the question, man. Let's get to the next one. Hey, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Uh, this is from John Magkawas. Shit. I hope I didn't pronounce your name fucked up. I'm a fan of the podcast. want to let you know that I actually like your once a week podcast. Makes me look forward to it, especially on a Monday, just like TV shows back when you'd have to wait. Not like today when you could release the whole season and you can binge. Anyways, appreciate your commentary on certain topics like COVID, crypto, haters, family, etc. 
you say it how it is, plain and simple. Also, like when you talk about your family, I can relate. So basically, I'm living in the Bay Area right now. LA is home, big Laker fan. And it's really expensive living out here. Any advice as far as a side hustle or investments? I have a two-year-old son and a wife. We both work full-time, but it feels like our paycheck goes to paying bills. Thanks in advance and keep up the good work. Um, John, look, man, there's no real get-rich-fast you know, thing except for, you know, hitting crypto when it's up and hitting crypto when it's down. The thing with crypto is, you know, two weeks ago it was on sale. Bitcoin was down to in, you know, 39 or something. Even, you know, very recently Bitcoin was was to 29. You know, now it's at 66. So I don't know what your bankroll looks like, but you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You could spend five, 10K but what's crazy is, I know a guy, well, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Oh, no, he wasn't on the show. I was on his show. My boy Kai, he was able to get 10 Bitcoins when it hit 30. So he invested 300K. That's a lot of money. But he sat on it. It was kind of going up, kind of going down, but it's still very fast process. He bought it when it was 30. You know, it hit 66K yesterday, you know? So he literally made almost $400,000 profit in, in a very short amount of time. You just have to know when you got to get in, when you got to get out. But the thing is, on a long-term scale, it's there. So if you're looking to, you know, put money in a bank, it's one thing. You know, yes, banks aren't even paying the interest. You know, you get such a such a low interest rate, and you got to hold a lot longer. With this, you know, yes, you'll freak out. You'll be like, oh shit, Bitcoin's dropped here and there. I'm not selling. So, you know, it's a different thing. I don't know what you want to do with it. If it's just a savings for your kids, you know, you should look into Bitcoin. Um... As far as side hustles, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I've been buying cards, you know, and been flipping them, been buying, you know, just random shit. It's hard for me because anything for me almost is a profit. So I can't explain, I can't really break it down in your end. Now, if you want to stack a little more bread, see, there's different things you could do. And the thing is, you need money to do it, right? So that's what sucks. So, you know, if you could put aside your paycheck a little bit, start putting in some crypto and doing it in smart cryptos, not no meme coins, even if it's Doge or anything that's kind of going up. I'm talking about something that that's like, you know, that has substantial movement. Even, ETH, you know, Ethereum and stuff has kind of moved kind of up and down pretty big. And if you could get in at a good time, I don't know if right now is the best time to buy Ethereum. You know, it's at fucking 4,300 as of this podcast. So it's like, you know, if you see Ethereum jump in the twos, 26, 2700, you know, time to get into it. 2200, fuck it, jump in and, you know, um, sit on it. But, you know, when it goes up and if you have enough of it, you know, maybe you can buy more crypto. But if not, you could use that money and get into small real estate investments. And if you do that, listen to my boy Thatch. His program that he does is really foolproof. It's, it's really, it's just the people don't have the capital. They don't know how to follow through and they're missing a step. There'll be seven steps and they do five of them. Some might even do six and it kind of works, but you got to do all seven if you, if you get what I'm saying. So other than that, man, there's not really, you know, a lot of side hustles that I do when it comes to my kids and stuff, you know, I'm going to think of jobs for them to do, but the basic shit that I do, you know, flipping weed, flipping products, flipping anything that I, you know, I invest in myself. My baseball cards came out, my tops Chrome, I bought, you know, 200 boxes and I bought them for, you know, pretty much retail, just a little bit discounted. And I made like 200 bucks on a box. So if you do the math, 
you know, just even on 200 boxes and on $200 profit on each box, you know, it's $40,000. So you don't helped, you know, and it's just, you just got to think of mass product, 20, 30 bucks here, start on that, then start doing $100 per, per item profit and you'll see your bankroll go up, man. And good luck with you, man. Congratulations on your family and I uh, hope you, uh, Hope you see better times. I hope you flourish. Wilson Summerlin writes, Yo, Ben, the GOAT, what's up? Been a BTB Army since day one. Thanks for all the premium game and wisdom. I know you're a fan of CoffeeZilla's videos and your acquaintance with uh, acquaintances with Steve will do it. What are your thoughts on his recent stories accusing Steve, Nelk, and Flores using Rubet to take money from fans? Thanks again. Best podcast out. Uh, CoffeeZilla is a, you know, I understand what he's doing. He's doing sort of a baller busters, you know, call people out, certain type of thing. Now, I know Steve. I know Steve a lot better than I knew CoffeeZilla. Uh, I did watch that video. It's a trip that you said that. And, you know, the thing with Steve is, Steve isn't a type of dude to go in and try to maliciously take money from anybody. Now, another thing too is this. You got to understand this. Gambling is a risk. That's why it's called gambling, right? Coffeezilla, for the most part, definitely does his due diligence. He's a good dude. But at the end of the day, nobody wins gambling all the time. You know, there are some great sports, you know, betting guys, um, the captain's picks. You know, there's blackjack, there's other stuff. And, you know, I played Rubet for a little bit here and there. You know, Drake lost a shit ton of money on there. I lost some money on there. I won some money. But you bringing people is like him bringing people to Vegas. Now, him getting a kickback, if I brought a ton of people or whales or whatever it was, and everyone came into Mandalay Bay or came to the Wynn Casino, and they said, oh, we're here because of uh, BTB. That's the code. And they got like an incentive. And I got a kickback. I mean... I don't know. I can't speak on the you know money laundering or offshore this and that. All gambling, mostly with like shit like this, is is offshore. Except some sports ban that's legal in some states, you know. And uh, you know we're gonna get into that with this DraftKings episode. I, I interviewed the CEO, president of the company, but at the end of the day, you know, if you go out there and you put money in gambling and you lose, you can't blame anybody but yourself that's just where it is with me it's just it's a weird situation i think steve is a good dude he does a lot of good with his money and he's having fun you know it's not going out there and and necessarily like going into people's bank accounts stealing it then using it. it's a different thing you know people look at it like a certain way but at the end of the day you gotta remember man don't gamble you know like don't play shit where there's money involved then in. you know if you can't it's just, it's the way it is. It's, it's, you know, when people enter raffles, um, it's like five bucks, 10 bucks, you know, 20 bucks even. It's like, okay, cool. You know, fuck it. You know, if the person makes some money off of those, those, those sweepstakes or raffles, Hey, at the end of the day, someone is getting up. No one's getting the fucking gift, the prize or, you know, the grand prize, then it's a fucked up situation. But I mean, you know, it's just, that's just my opinion on it. I know Steve is a good dude. Fuck with CoffeeZilla. But some of the stuff, you know, again, you know, he's trying to, but he doesn't know Steve. So it's just a, it's a weird thing. Um, James Y writes, hi Ben, if you ever want to open up your own restaurant, what type of restaurant would it be? What would you name your restaurant? I'll be honest with you. And I've said this many times. 
I have no desire of ever working in food again. I think just working in fast food, it took me just out. You know, working in restaurants as a DJ and shit like that. I just don't want to be in a restaurant. There's just too much that could go wrong. Um, I only want to be one of the investors of something. You know what I mean? Some people get into it. I just don't like working with food. It's just like, fuck, there's just so many different, and even every company has different levels, but it's like, you know, you got a dude who's washing dishes for under the table, maybe 10, 15 bucks an hour. Then you got dudes who are making, you know, possibly six figures. Then you got everyone in between. It's just too much of a fucking headache. If I could open a small, and I don't want to do no food truck or shit, but um, honestly, if I had to, it'd either be a lit-ass Jamaican spot or it'd be a Korean restaurant, for sure. It'd be either one of them. What would I name it? <laughs> Fuck, man. I might name that bitch Odesu if it was Korean. If it's Jamaican, damn, man. I don't know. Good question, though, man. But yeah, appreciate that. All right, guys. Ben Cho writes, what up, young? My name is Ben, too. Big fan and listener of the pod. Wanted to know if the Domino set will be re-releasing. I ordered them, but my set got jacked from the mail. Was so excited that I got them. Was waiting for them to arrive. But when I checked my package, somebody took it out of the box. Also, how can I get some BBTTC stickers? So, Ben, we are not re-releasing them. It was really fucking expensive to make them. If you saw, they weigh like fucking 20 pounds. It is a very, very serious set. High quality. I have a set that, like three sets. If you want to buy a set from me directly, email the same place you sent this question and I will send you 10 BBDTC stickers for free and I will show you love on the whole thing. So there you go. But yeah, we're not releasing it. It's it's uh, it's like one of those things, you know, and people will wish they got some cold dominoes later. Those who could afford them, you know, they're dope. Three-part question. God damn. Uh, Thomas Galarza writes, what's up, Ben? Some questions about you uh, for you about BMW M division investments and just an outlook on something, you might want to answer them one at a time. All right, first question. The M division of BMW, what do you think about it? You like the new M3 and M4 they came out with? Personally, at first, I thought it was ugly, but now it's growing on me. Only reason I ask about the M division is because I bought an E92 M3, slammed on BBS, RS2s, exhaust, the whole nine. The E92 ain't as fast as today's Hellcat's Red Eyes, but the S65 V8 engine in this bitch sounds astounding. You know, I'm so fucking confused. You know, I, I like BMW. I just think right now in this time and era, the C63S uh, sedan, I don't like the coupe, is kind of just kicking the M3's ass. The M4 is a pointless car to me. There's M The M3 and the M5, there was, a, there was a perfect balance between that. The M4 is not really the happy medium, and then you don't need the happy medium in between. It's just weird. I think the M4 now looks fucking random i don't like that long fucking uh darth vader front nose you know grill it just looks weird um i like the e92 m3 and you're right today's hellcats and red eyes are super fast whatever you know i've owned hellcats i've owned red eyes it's not really my thing now s65 you know i don't know if you saw my s65 but that bitch was bean and by the way s65 has a v12 so i don't know if you're talking about an S65 motor inside your M3. Now, if that's the case, that's cool. M3s do sound good. E92 does sound good. 
I'm just, you know, right now at this point, I do like the M5, the current model. Uh, I like the XM5, but um, my favorite BMW is probably the X7 uh, Alpina version. All right, so your question two is investing. I've never really invested ever in my life, but I know the best way to utilize your money is to make it work for you. True. I'm currently doing a lot of research investing in dummies, uh, investing for dummies, YouTube videos, etc. I thought it would be just to ask the businessman. I currently have 68000 in the bank, and I'm not afraid to lose money to gain money. If I have to spend 50% of my current bank account, that's completely fine. I make a guaranteed 100 k a year, no debt, and my living expenses aren't an issue. Well, that's right there. You know, if you have 50% that you could spend, try to sit and watch the market a little bit, right? You know, put maybe, you know, 5Gs in ADA and see what that does. It's not a whole lot, but it's a little bit, right? And then I would say the rest of it, put in Ethereum. If you can get Ethereum, I told the other guy earlier to wait because it seems like he's in a situation where like, you know, but you could be a little more aggressive with it. If you want to jump in and get Ethereum in the threes, I think it might drop down to the threes after this bull run, you know? And um, I really think, you know, uh, it's crazy because I've seen gains of a million dollars. So if I was investing 30K, I would have seen, you know, gains of two, three times my money just in a very you know short amount of time. So that's where I would start when it comes to crypto. As far as anything else, you know, I'm not really big on stocks. I had Tesla stock, have a little bit now. I made some really big money on it, but I think that was lucky. And it was my boy, Paul, that kind of gave me that advice. I'm not really fucking with stocks like that. And that's not my thing at all. And I made money in so many different areas. I don't have to make money in everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I do well in what I do. So the non-greedy approach would be me not trying to get involved in everything. And, you know, I don't know why I jumped in crypto. Something that attracted me uh, almost 10 years ago. So I, I would suggest what I said with, with Ethereum. If you see it dropped like 35, 34, bro, you know, put 30K in that bitch and then put, you know, another 4K into AD or 5K and that's half your bankroll. Guarantee you're going to see more money from that than you will in a bank, period. It's just, I didn't think about it. It's like, I wish, now it's a risk for me to put, you know, a hundred fucking million dollars in the fucking crypto if people are doing it. It's just, you know, I have a shit spread apart. Uh, last question, three. Last but not least, my friends are losers. No, they're not bad people. They just don't seem to be on shit. It's like every time I see them, they want to do the same shit we did in high school, worry about the next party, talk about bitches, smoke tons of weed. Now there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not saying I'm guiding, I'm, I'm some guiding light, but 24-7 to be on that shit, 24-7 isn't it. Try to talk to them about getting out of that cycle, start working more. But these motherfuckers said, yeah, I'll worry about that when I'm 30. I'm 21, by the way. Um, they're about the same age group. 30, uh, I've never said you had to be successful by a certain time and age, but I do think you should put your head and start working hard at the age 19 or 20. All that recreational shit will be there when you have time to relax. Shit, I don't know, man. I've accepted the fact that we outgrow people and friends but I don't want to lose my homies. I need your perspective on this. Um, Look, dog, you're 21, bro. You make a lot of money. Think your head's on pretty straight. Look, at 2021, all I wanted to do was fuck bitches. That's all I wanted to do. At that time, I think like 19, I was in a relationship with this chick. She was actually older than me. And, uh, 
shit of fucking me over. And I was like, yo, man, why the fuck did I not? Man, see, it's the karma that bit me in the ass. Then I turned into a savage. And at 20, I was just fucking everything that wasn't related to me. Um, you know, party and shit. You got to get that shit out of your system. You don't want to go back at 30, 35, 36, wish you didn't. You know, you want to get it out of your system. Party, have fun. The good thing with you is you seem like you're over it. So, you know, kick with your homies here and there. If they feel like, you know, you feel like you're growing apart and they don't want to kick it anymore because, you know, you're more on your 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 business shit, too fucking bad. Fuck them. You know, I got no friends. You know, I was just was with my golf teacher uh, yesterday and he trains Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone is like 76 years old. He's like, he has no friends. That's, you know, it's just, he doesn't trust anybody. He has his daughters or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing. But, I mean, are you really losers at 20 because you want to fucking, you know, smoke weed and party? No, I mean, you know, but at the same time, like, all right, well, you know, there has, you seem like you have your head on straight. And if you can't save your homies and they're drowning, you know, if they don't know how to swim, dog, that, that ain't your responsibility. You know, they had time to learn. So I don't think anything they're doing is necessarily wrong. 24-7, yes. I smoke weed 24-7, want to fuck bitches and, you know, play video games and do all that shit. That is kind of that age. But if you want to jump in and get serious, cool. You know, but then I just don't want you to go back and be like, yo, I wish I, you know, got more into this shit and, and um, you know, regret not partying. You know, they say it's not cool to have a Lamborghini or Ferrari at 50, 60, whatever. I mean, it is cool to have one young. At the same time, though, it ain't cool being broke when you're 50. It ain't cool trying to use resources and try to help, you know, try to get help or try to get a fucking minimum wage job after the age 30. Like, Doc, you seem like you're all right, but it is what it is, man. You know, I'm not really tripping on friends, man. Once you have your own family, you'll start realizing, and people say, no, but you should have your own friends. That's true. Me personally, I'm good. I'm self-sufficient, man. Uh, the Prince writes, what's up, Ben? Hope all is well with you and your family. I am currently 26 years old with 40,000 in investments and no debt. How long should I wait before treating myself and buying a watch or other luxury items? Should I keep investing instead? You should 100 million percent not fucking buy a watch, okay? Do not buy a fucking watch. 40,000 is cool. It ain't enough for you to go out and trick. Now, if this was two years ago, I'd tell you, say, so you know what? Go and treat yourself on, on a Submariner. Because you're only going to drop 8K on it. And guess what? You know, it's like 12, 13K for it. So you'll be wearing your investment and on top of that, enjoying it and making money. Right now is the worst fucking time to buy a watch. I want the watch market to crash because it ain't going to make shit to me. I don't give a fuck my watches, my current watches that have, you know, certain value to them. It's fucked up for the game. It ain't good. This inflation right now is just bad, period. Now, if there's something else you want to get, cool. I suggest you do not buy any Gucci, no Louis. If you want to buy it secondhand, cool. You know, you want to spurs on some shoes, maybe, but I don't know, man. You know, go fucking visit somewhere you never visited before. Go get a passport. That's what you should do. Keep investing. Don't worry about that shit. When you got 250K, you know, at 26 years old, okay, you know, if you're 27, 28 and you got 250K, then, you know, you can get a watch. I would not get any watch over 10K and I would make sure you're buying the watch at least at retail so you know you're not going to lose. Back in the day, it was like, I want to buy a watch that was, you know, over 25% discounted. Now it's like watches are 200% marked up. It's a fucked up game.
All right. Uh, Tyler C. writes, let's go, Ben. Hey, Ben, what's good, my boy? My question is, out of all the supercars you've owned, what is your favorite and why? Um, I've said this many times. Love my GT Taurus. It grew on me and it had the power, but it will never feel like my GT three RS. And you said supercar, you didn't say hyper. So my SF90 would be in the cusp. I would almost put the SF90 in the hyper uh, category because if it wasn't, then I'd take the SF90 because of the comfort. Now, surprisingly, with the bucket seats and the race seats in the GT3 RS, it's a lot more comfortable than people think. And Porsche makes a great fucking car. That's hands down. The handling on it, the thing is this, and I say this about supercars. Some people will get a Ferrari. Some people will get a Porsche. Some people might have a BMW. Some guys know how to drive a Honda, a BMW, certain other cars, and drive it to the maximum capacity. I see dudes in like Genesis, Hyundai Genesis cars. And I know Genesis would be like, what, what are you talking about? Hyundai isn't a Genesis. Technically it is. It's, it's like Honda and Acura. Um, or they'll be like in a fucking, you know, in a, in a Toyota Supra or something. They have mastered that car. They know everybody about it. They feel comfortable taking the car to the maximum capacity. But then when you get into a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, these cars, they're fast, but sometimes people don't know how to drive them. They don't know how to control it, right? And, and nothing, power is nothing without control. So you might have a car that technically has more horsepower and has, you know, more, more power overall. It has all that shit, you know, most supercars have, Lamborghinis and Ferraris. But then you get in a Porsche and it's built different. Now your driving skills almost don't have to match, you know, everyone else's. You get into a GT3 RS and you're an immediate track star. You will go through traffic. You will trick. It's just a different type of thing. I felt one with my GT3 RS. I own three of them. You know what I'm saying? It just, it's like a fucking motorcycle. It's just crazy. It's like a go-kart. It's just a lot of fun. That's definitely, and I can't wait. Next year, I got one of the first ones coming into the country. 415 to the 206, right? Seattle supporter from day one. Yo, Ben, I saw you downtown Seattle Friday after the Thursday night game and yelled, what up, Ben Baller, BTB? You walked over, gave me some merch to my passengers and me. Wanted to thank you for spending time and walk over in the middle of the street and give away some merch. What's your biggest sports wager ever? Um, What year was Super Bowl? Fucking the Niners when they lost. Uh, Not the most recent one. It was... uh. When Kaepernick went, and uh, surprisingly, it's, it, it's the most I ever bet on sports was twenty five thousand. Twenty five G's was my biggest sports wager. Um, I do remember you. The reason why I remember you is because it was random. I was with my cousin, and I was meeting Michael Dixon. That was crazy, right? So yeah, me and me and Michael Dixon were uh, were pulling up to this little spot, and uh, it was the only spot I could think of that was somewhat decent downtown. Appreciate the love, y'all. Uh, smooth. With three H's writes, would you ever? Uh, what up, fam? New to the show, but I've already backed in a lot of episodes. I love the free game, fam. Sincerely. Favorite episodes, MC Search and the recent one with your Seattle real estate guru from Seattle. Um, two questions. Would you ever do a contest where a fan could ride along with you for the day and just pick your brain and get a glimpse into how crazy your grind is? And was there anyone back in your music days who tried to play you, but present day is a mark now and is like, oh, dang, Ben, who go way back with me, put me on now. Thanks again. Uh, keep doing your thing. All respect to the Dust Brothers. Uh, I've talked about it. Had some crazy things. I'd be like, yo, you know, let's have lunch, you know, spend the day, 
get to go in one of my supercar, my hypercars, whatever, one of my exotic luxury cars and show it me for the day. Uh, it, it's something I, you know, I just got to figure out when COVID dies down and it ain't really a thing. You know, that's like, I don't want motherfuckers wearing masks in my car. So yeah. Two, anyone back in the music days, fuck man. Do I really want to put this name out there? You know what? In simple, yes, there's a few people who definitely try to shit on me. Um, they were doing much better than me back then. They were higher up. But I think that we're all grown so much now that some of them have been humbled and, and try to ask for a job or try to do certain things. And I just moved on. I don't got to be, you know, I'm already the bigger man by ignoring it. You know, I don't need to be the best man in the world by helping this person out. That's not really my thing. You know, like it's just, I don't want that energy around me, period. So yeah, that's just a common sad story that happens. Uh, Sparky Gino 617 writes G650. Yo, what up, man? I'm doing my research on diamonds for an engagement ring. My budget is around 15000 to 20000 I'm looking for a VS1 or better, oval cut, two carat, J to G color, GIA. Please tell me what you think about your, my choice and what you know about strong blue fluorescents, especially on a, specifically on a J color. By the way, how far-fetched would it be to have DJ Franzen on the show? All right, first of all, uh, 15, 20K. So you're probably looking at 1.5 carat stone. Oh, you're looking at an oval. You might be able to almost get a two carat, okay? Now, look, stay the fuck away from blue fluorescence, okay? The highest in fluorescence that you want to go is faint. You don't even want to go medium. You want to go faint. One of the cool things about faint is, you know, when you're in the club, it won't show that milky white. If you have strong blue fluorescence, when you're in a nightclub or somewhere that has black light, you're going to see the diamond look like milk, which is crazy. Meaning, you might be like, why the fuck does my ring look like, it looks like milk? It just kind of, it will sh shock somebody. You actually will know that diamonds are real, but just so much fluorescence, you don't want to do that. In the sun, though, it looks a different, it, it's a different level. Stay away from anything more than faint. And the reason why... Yes, the prices will be way more attractive on high fluorescence, but you don't want that shit. J's not bad. You know, most people are like, hey, fuck that, I'm doing DEF. Like, bro, not many people get it for DEF. You know, G's actually a great, great color. My earrings are GH. If you could go, you know, and stay in that I range, you know, if you could be in a, a, even a VS2, if you could be in a VS2 oval cut, two carat, be in an I, right? Um, triple excellent and faint fluorescence, you're good. Now, as far as DJ Franzen, that's my boy. Would I have him on the show? Yeah, why not? I just, you know, that's my boy. I just, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I got to figure it out. All right. Uh, Young Garbs 00 writes, Doge to the moon. What would you say to a 23-year-old with 15K in liquid assets trying to invest more, trying to focus on crypto? Depends on your time, bro. You know, you say Doge, and it's like, all right, the movement right now is is steady. So Doge is really, you know, serving as a utility. It's working. People are using it. It's being accepted more. Will it hit a dollar? You know, I don't know. I'd love it to, but, you know, it's it's a weird thing, but it stays strong. Um, sort of like a regular bank account. So you don't know if it's going to jump up too much. So, you know, when you look at something, I hate even saying this, but like Shiba, Sheepcoin, it's starting to really grow some traction. So you have 15K, you'd probably want to get the most bang for your buck, right? You want to you know, make sure you know you, you can really triple and flip your money. Uh, if you're looking long-term, you know, I'd say invest in Bitcoin, you know, or Ethereum. 
because those are, you know, the crypto and the blockchain that, you know, pretty much keeps everything in check and has to stay around. So really it's about your timing. If you're just trying to be get rich quick shit or you're trying to, you know, you know, move shit around and then eventually jump to the big boy shit, you know, stay on the lower, lower price coins for sure. Uh, Adrian F9 writes, yo, what up, man? Been a big fan since black and red Nixon watch days. I never miss an episode unless it's about uh, cars I can't afford. Ha ha. Uh, by the way, it's not a Nixon. I was a Neff watch. But my question is, in your opinion, who was a better DJ, AM or Homicide? Um, could you please explain why? And don't just pick Whiskey Barrel Nose because he's still alive. And we'll probably hear this. Keep 100. As far as a DJ, you know, that's a weird thing. As far as a DJ, how? As far as a nightclub DJ? Homicide was pretty fucking good nightclub DJ. AM was probably a little better. As far as overall skills, it's not even a comparison. Homicide would smash them. You couldn't even... AM never had the scratch skill that Homicide had. Rest in peace, love him to death. Um, homicide was AM's mentor. So, you know what I'm saying? He looked up to Homicide. It was like, that was like his God when it came to DJing. So as far as that goes, as far as the whole overall aspect of DJing, you know, AM had a publicist. He was good at what he did. He was good at certain things. He had a good music choice. He had a good ear. It's just Homicide's a better DJ, period. You know, he's just more raw. And that's that. Uh, Juan Ledesma writes, What up, Ben? Was wondering if you could have Thugger or Ian on the podcast talk about business, music, since they've been around a while and had a major impact on today's culture. Shout out from OC in Santa Ana. Thanks for always blessing us with free game and those amazing episodes. Love. Real fucking weird. Young Thug for the last couple of weeks has reached out to me to get some jewelry done. Don't know if I'm going to do anything for Thug. Ian now, you know, we're both Og. He has a crazy story. You know what? I don't know why I never thought about it before, but I might have Ian on the show. You know, Ian has done a lot in the fucking culture for sure. And he's made a lot of money. He's also made a lot of mistakes too. That's what that's what more I'm, I'm more interested in. But the downfall, Ian, that's my boy. I love Ian Connor, but he just pussy's just gonna fucking be the downfall for his ass. But that's a good suggestion and and uh definitely for sure. And much love. Thank you to uh, Santa Ana. Mayor of West Covina, Ben Baller, a.k.a. the L.A. legend. Did you ever tag growing up and what did you, did you know Retina or have any stories about legendary L.A. artists? Uh, what is your favorite Michael Rapport movie? Big fan of True Romance here. This is not your practice life. Did I grow up um, in graffiti? Did you not listen to the, the K-Town Hustler series? And just to references, I said, you know, Brawls with the most notorious fucking LA graffiti crew ever in history. K2S, STN. Kill to succeed, you know, second to none. I do know Retina. I know Retina very well. He grew up mid-city, which is uh, outskirts of Koreatown. Some people consider parts of Koreatown mid-city. So, you know, um, he's a little bit after my time, even though he's older. Uh, legendary LA artists. There's so many. There's Prime. There's Minor. There's Mr. Cartoon. There's fucking... You know, uh, Defer, who I call my cousin, even though he's Japanese. You know, it's, it's tough to say. We can start with Defer, though, you know. Um, I'll tell a legendary story. Defer is from K2S. He's OG Desiocho, OG real, 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 you know, Mexican gangbanger, even though he's, but he grew up in Boyle Heights. So those of you who know Boyle Heights is East Los, you know, he grew up in a real Mexican hood. He grew up in the barrio, straight up. 
gangbanging and everything. We, we've been homies since 1981. And um, I've known the dude 40 years. You know, when he was heavy in, in the graffiti still, this is like not that long ago. This was, well, shit, it was. It's like 18 years ago, 17 years ago. World famous graffiti artist Espo, I think Espo might be out of Philly or something, came to LA. And there's a wall by Sporty LA on Melrose. Since you're in West Covina, you know exactly where it is. Literally a block away from the dude that died at Shoe Palace. And um, Espo kind of went over one of Defra's tags. Thing is, Defra is a legend, dog. And you don't go over any legendary motherfucker from K2S or STN. And I think Make One Gallo, he's from STN. He was also on the piece. My boy Slick, OG Slick, K2S also. And um, they pulled up on Espo. And I ain't gonna tell you how they pulled up. They pulled up on dude. Like, hey, homie, you had to pull up some, some bread. And dude was scared to death. Came up with the money, came up with some cans, and uh, the rest is history. So that's a funny quick story I can tell. Far as my favorite Mac Rapport movie, uh, you know what? Because he kind of was typecasted after True Romance and stuff like that, it's a tie between Kiss of Death and Basketball Diaries. Him playing a tough guy is just like the furthest fucking thing in the world. In Kiss of Death, he just played like a scumbag, you know, and he fucking uh, fucked, uh, not David Spade, what the fuck's dude's name is? I forgot what the fuck's goddamn name. What the fuck is his name? God damn it. He was the man for a long time too. The fuck? David Caruso. That was his fucking name. It was, you know, between those two. You know, I definitely liked him in True Romance too, but he was good in Basketball Diaries, man. He's a fucking straight drug dealer. Like, that's like the furthest fucking thing from fucking Michael's fucking repertoire. It's just funny. Those are definitely the ones. Um, God damn. More questions left. DJ Danny V writes, Yay Rants. Yo, Ben, random but hilarious question. What's the wildest thing you've ever witnessed Kanye say? Or even better, have you witnessed a Kanye rant? Um, I've witnessed him rant the wildest thing I've ever heard Kanye say. I don't know, man. You know, I've been in so many situations with Kanye. I think about early on. I mean, just the way that Kanye, well, I met Kanye, you know, through Damon Dash in 2000, 2000, 2001. But he randomly called me when I had a fucking uh, Sprint phone. And I met him outside of Undefeated because my boy, my um, my homie, Alexis Pfeiffer was dating him. They're together for like, you know, seven years. So they're really serious. And uh, she, he wrote 808 Heartbreaks about her. I think he said some out-of-pocket shit in Mr. Cartoon Studio. I was getting his tattoo. He had that tattoo fully laser removed too. It was like a crazy thing. And he got pressed up by my homie Lepke. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I've seen Kanye rant a bunch of times. But, you know, he's tell me funny ass stories about state property, Beanie Siegel and shit, and like one of Cuddy's birthdays and stuff and just random things. Just trying to see. I mean, I've seen him get mad. Uh, but the most part though, he's been pretty cool. With me, always been cool. We've been on a plane together. When one time he had touched the sky tour, we flew to Vegas, we was on first class, just going to Alaska. This is fucking 15 years ago with Jonas. Um, he's always been cool, you know? Never rants in front of me. Never did it in front of in public. It's just weird. Chuck Fox writes, Hey Ben, I'm a New Yorker who always wanted to move to LA. Your show motivated me and I'm finally making that move. I got a job lined up by Hermosa Beach. I'm moving me and my family to LA in the next couple months. It'll be me, my wife, and two kids. We're looking for a family-friendly neighborhood with good schools. Rent under 3000 Santa Monica is out of budget. We're thinking about Torrance, Redondo. What do you think about that area? 
Would it be too far from LA proper? Let me know if there are any other areas I should look into. Could you suggest someplace cool in LA to take my family that wouldn't be touristy? Thanks. You know what's funny, bro? I thought you were going to ask, should you move? And I'd say no. Stay in fucking New York, right? But, you know, um, if you want to come out here, cool. Hermosa Beach is a great area. Uh, quiet is kept. I don't like talking about this because whatever. Um, it's been some negative press about Manhattan Beach, but I love Manhattan Beach. I love the South Bay. Manhattan Beach is like a little, small, little getaway area. I like to take my family to. I like to go to Manhattan Beach Pier. You know, um, it's family-oriented. Plus, there's, you know, it's cool bars at nighttime and stuff. I love Manhattan Beach. Now, as far as a family, raising a family in Torrance, Redondo Beach is great. My dad lived in Redondo Beach for 15, 20 years. And um, he was able to buy a house there for dirt cheap and ended up selling it for a lot. He had like a tiny little shack, but he sold it for a lot of money. He had, you know, great ocean view and that was all he could afford at the time because he got not rent control, but the landlord of his, of his apartment building was tearing it down. So they gave him a good chunk of money to move and he was able to put a down payment on the house for the first time in his life. Anyways, Santa Monica would be nice, but you know, and, and it's definitely closer. But the South Bay is kind of like its own little thing, you know, Palos Verdes, Torrance, Redondo Beach, um, that whole peninsula area. Uh, but like I said, Redondo's dope. South, you know, it's it's a good area, man. If you can afford rent in Torrance, San Redondo, Torrance is going to be much more, you know, Asian oriented. If you could be staying Redondo, I think that's a cool area. You know, I, I can't think any, you really hit it on the dot. Now, if you want to be in the valley, could do that too, but I think the valley's starting to get expensive. You know, if you want to move to Woodland Hills and stuff, you know, but I think it's about the same distance to LA. And uh, at least in Torrance and Redondo, you'll be in a, you know, through and out. Definitely, you know, Sparts, uh, that wouldn't be so touristy. You know, Redondo Beach Pier and the, the Manhattan Beach Pier are both kind of touristy, but they're touristy in a local way. They're not touristy in an out-of-town way. They're good places. And Redondo Beach Pier has some great fucking seafood and great fucking Korean crab there. Definitely, man. Enjoy and good luck. Marco Gonzo writes, BTB Army, what's the deal, man? My name is Marco. Love the podcast. Thank you for the wisdom. 23 years old. I'm about to be a father to a beautiful baby girl named Valentina. Um, I've started making sacrifices for the moment. I found out I was going to be a father. And the urgency I get from even thinking about her makes me not want to stop. You know the feeling. My question is to you, what advice could you give a young father about fatherhood? Man, makes you grow up. It should make you grow up. You really got to think about taking care of this girl for the next 20 to 25 years. People say, oh, after 18, they're on their own. True to a certain sense, until you give your wife away, you know, to a man that wants to marry her. So at that point, you know, the best advice, you got to really think about, all right, well, think about school. Where is she going to go to school? Some people don't think about it. It's like, all right, cool. You know, this is what it is. But they don't realize. And that's nothing wrong with that. It's like, hey, this is where I live. What am I going to do? Go to private school? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. No, man, but you want to set your kid up. You know, my kids are going to a school and they're rubbing elbows with other, you know, I hate to say the word, but privileged kids, you know, and, you know, celebrity rich kids. And um, they get to be around people that are parents are either successful or, you know, similar and want better for their children. So, you know, I'd suggest that you map out school now. I know that sounds crazy, but at least kindergarten and preschool so you know what you're going to do. And, um, you know, having a baby girl first, you know, I, I don't know, man, with the boys, different, you know, I'm like, all right, my boy's going to protect my girl. I mean, you know, open arms. 
you know what, the girl is going to change your life, man. It's going to make you softer and uh, might make you um, a different man. I wish I had a kid at 23, but you know, I wasn't financially ready at that time. Plus I was doing too many things. You know, just be kind with the world, bro. I don't really know what else to say about, you know, but other than that, but you know, um, try to always make things right with the baby moms. If you're not with her, just make it right. Always try to be peaceful. You know, they go crazy. All right, man, just be a sponge. Like, all right, man, cool. You know, just don't, whatever, just to make sure that you're in your daughter's life, man. Always know, you know, your kids never, um, were ever asked to be into this world. You know what I'm saying? You brought them into the world. So just make sure, man, you always take care of them. That's all. Uh, Randy S writes best podcast out there. What are the odds of getting Black Sam on the pod? Black with two C's on that crip shit. You know what, man? I'd never reach out to Black Sam. And quiet is kept. I have no relationship with Black Sam. Me and Nipsey were were close. And I didn't really talk to his brother like that. Cool dude. I heard nothing but good things about dude. If he wanted to jump on the show, I would clear my schedule for it. Uh, that's my boy. Like, I really fuck with dude. So... Definitely, 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 um, you know, I'm open for it. Uh, Young Chael writes, what up, Mr. Yang? I was re-listening to the K-Town Hustle series and heard you mention the group Cottonmouth Kings. Since the group originated in Placentia, I was curious to know if you had any more connections and or stories about Placentia. P.S. Shout out to the captain's picks. Let's keep stacking dubs. Uh, it's funny, Brad and Lou from Cottonmouth Kings. I know they're from Orange, Orange County. I know they're from Placentia. Now that you mentioned that, I'm going to say something in a second. It's weird. But Lou's son was in my son's karate class and his baby mom's is a uh, pretty girl. I don't know, whatever. But I haven't seen Lou. But every time I see Lou, it's all love. I haven't seen Brad in forever. Now, Placentia, very random as fuck. There's a chick I was smashing my sophomore year, freshman year. Fuck, I'm trying to think. I think my sophomore year. She was a year or two older. She was from Placentia. I forgot what the fuck she was. Was she Filipino? Was she Thai? Whatever. She was, was she Cambodian. She was a cute little girl. The fuck was her name? She was a bad little. That was it. That's all that's all I got about Placentia. I don't know shit about else. You know, like it's just a such a random ass area. Sorry, man. Uh Yellow Swag333 writes travel. What's good, Ben? Love the podcast. Been a long time listener. My question is back when you sold all your shoes and traveled for a while, did you make any good memories or have any crazy stories? What kind of question is that, man? Of course I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was doing crazy ass shit. I was in Thailand. I was in the south of France. I was in fucking Brazil. I was in Tokyo. I was in China. I was in Paris. I was in fucking Estonia. I mean, I ate great, you know, hung around, a lot of different girls, crazy stories. Nothing crazy, you know. I can't. That sticks out. I'm trying to think of anything like you know, like got a crazy story about me, but it could have happened anywhere. And um, this is when I knew my stomach was really fucked up. I had to take a shit, and uh, I was in a fucking taxi in India, worst fucking place ever. And uh, it was nighttime. I was leaving a nightclub. It was probably three, four a.m. And I asked the taxi driver to pull over. And he's like, this is a very dangerous area. I was like, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Pulled over and we we're behind like a market. And I literally took a shit on the floor. It was the first time I had done that in my lifetime. And I was fucking, what, 31? 30, yeah, 31. It was just a fucking terrible fucking experience. And then 
I had nothing to wipe my ass with. I had to take my shitty ass back in the taxi and then go to the hotel, throw the pants away, wipe my ass and take a shower. So I don't really know, man. That's, that's about it, man. Sorry, dog. I really got a few more questions left. Catfish Aaron writes, what's good, Uncle Ben? Long time listener of the pod. Thanks for putting up for the Asians. And I love that you've been tapping into the skateboard community lately. Uh, I just want to know, what's your most essential, freshest, crispiest, go-to white tea to rock? Uh, shout out from Irvine. Bro, there is a company called Mason Article. Mason, M-A-I-S-O-N Article. Their white teas are starting to run out because people are using them as blanks. And that is my go-to motherfucking tea. They're only available at Shoe Palace. So if you're not in Cali, then you have no access to Shoe But you said you're in Irvine. So that is definitely my go-to crispy. There is a white tea that they have at Zoomies. I don't know the name of it. That was another one that was good. And then I've always, you know, obviously co-signed Stafford's from JCPenney. You buy a pack of the four. Make sure you buy the heavy-duty tea. And then Hanes Beefy Tea, only on Amazon, makes a, a white tea, uh, a tall tea. If you're not tall, then it doesn't really, I guess, matter. Another thing, too, is people fucking got me fucked up thinking I'm like fucking 5'8", five, 5'9", five, or some shit. Um, but yeah, Mason article is my shit. All right, Mike Lopez writes top five. Yo, what's good, Ben? What are your top five spots to eat in Northeast Los Angeles? What the fuck would be Northeast Los Angeles? Would that be Silver Lake and like fucking... um? I guess it would, right? Northeast Los Angeles is, um, let me see, the seven neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, that'd be Glendale, Pasadena, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I love Oinkster in Eagle Rock. I love Taco Spot in Eagle Rock. Also Glendale. Tarme is my shit. Talk about it all the time. T-A-R-M-A-M-E. Mediterranean food on Glendale Boulevard. Right in, uh, you know, it's fucking off the chain. Baracoa Cuban food in Atwater is my shit. I fucking love everything they got on the menu. Everything. Every item on the menu is lit. Love that fucking place. Um, what else is there in that area in Silver Lake? I love Farfalle for Italian food in Los Feliz. Um, Fred 62 is probably one of the best diners in the Los Feliz area. What else is there? So many fucking places in Silver Lake. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with any of those spots right there. In Pasadena, do I have a spot? Uh, oh, fuck am I talking about? Am I crazy? Yo, Houston's is my favorite fucking joint right there. Shout out to my boy Cole. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely those spots right there. You can't go wrong. Um, you're looking for something healthy. Uh, mixed toe, Mexican stand um, on, uh, is it on Glendale Boulevard too? It's right in Silver Lake, right next to, to um, Los Feliz Borderline. That's a good spot. Lincoln Hops is my shit too. It is a um, bratwurst type place that has links. They got all types of beers. They got these potatoes that are so fucking good. They're french fries, but they're like super long potatoes. Shit is literally just incredible. It's so good. Lincoln Hops right in that water. Super dope spot. Um, those are my Northeast spots. Don Ad. Riven writes a must listen every week. Hey Ben, been listening since episode one. Some episodes on repeat, inspiring and gems all over. Question part: Would you ever have Neek Lurk on the pod? Yeah, if Neek wanted to come on, I mean, I mean it's it's overdue. You know, he's my homie. We should definitely have him on. If he'd wanted to get on, I don't know. You know, Neek's a weird dude, but he's been quiet for a long time. So I might, you know, I might reach out and see if Neek wants to jump on the show. Uh, I'm an XL, and uh, Nick, let's a medium. Mm -hmm.
family, health, wealth, comfort. No one wants to cut corners on what's important, and few things matter more than a good night's rest. Bowling Branch's signature sheets feel so soft and light, you'll forget you're not actually sleeping on a cloud. If you dream of comfortable sheets at a price that won't keep you up all night, look no further than Bowl & Branch. Bowl & Branch makes the softest organic sheets on the market and they get better with every wash. When I got my Bowl & Branch sheets and put them on my bed, it was love at first nap. Plus, they impressed my wife, so it made me happy as hell. Bowl & Branch signature sheets come in seven beautiful colors in all sizes, from twin up to a California king. Made to a higher standard, 100% organic cotton. Ethical production and thoughtful attention to every detail. There's nothing worse than fitted sheets that don't fit. Best of all, Bowling Branch gives you a fair price, plus a 30-day risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. Experience the best sheets you've ever felt at bowlandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code BALLER at checkout. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code BALLER. Guys, don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker, prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start only at $95, including prescription lenses. Take the quiz and find the most comfortable and cool glasses that are perfect for you. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash baller. This podcast is brought to you by Vitamin Water. Vitamin Water, at its core, is a simple way to get nutrition from vitamins, electrolytes, and other additional ingredients, all with a great taste. Vitamin Water has an entire rainbow of flavors. Any type of refreshing beverage you're looking for, Vitamin Water has it. Zero sugar water, Vitamin Water Gutsy, watermelon peach flavored, with five grams of prebiotic fiber that aids in digestion to help support gut health, which I personally love. Vitamin Water Look, Vitamin Water Zero Shine, Strawberry Lemonade Flavor with Biotin, Vitamin A, and 200% more Vitamin C to help support hair and skin health. Vitamin Water is the official beverage of Behind the Baller Podcast. Grab yourself a bottle or a case today. Now, I mentioned uh, just, you know, before the, the break, I said um, I copped two cars and uh, one of my cars that came was my uh, Tesla Model S Plaid series. And people are like, yo, you said, fuck Tesla, you never drive a Tesla again. I never ever said I was never driving Tesla again. I said I got locked in a car. At that point, I had already had my Roadster in order and uh, it had been in order for almost two years. 
So we're almost on four years where I have not got my Tesla Roadster. Um, and uh, I ordered a Cybertruck and ordered everything, you know, so it's like just weird. Anyways, speaking of Tesla, uh, the Elon meeting for tomorrow has been postponed. He had said um, it's too close to Halloween as well. And uh, he's got kids and they fuck with it. So I'm going to do another time. He won't be at the event that's at NASA. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to fucking say that, but you know what? Fuck it. This is behind the baller and we tell you, we'll keep it real. So, um, talking about cars, it's crazy. One of my homies who's a jeweler got followed home, lives in a gated community, thank God, but they got to him right at the second gate. Don't ask me how. He has a Mercedes Benz and most new cars, especially any European car, even Lamborghinis, Ferraris and everything have it this function called auto start. It's in my Escalade 2. And you know, it's like A, and there's like a, you know, like a little, use like a little arrow, which means it just starts on its own, right? When you're at a stoplight, you stop. It's supposed to save gas and whatever. Guys, let me give you some free game. Every time you get in the car, disable auto start. It is not going to save you enough gas to where it matters in your pockets. I don't give a fuck how broke you are, okay? Let me tell you why. My dude was getting robbed and this guy smashed his front window with the back of a gun. And because his auto start was on, it fucking killed the engine completely. His car had stopped. When he let go of the brake and tried to fucking slam on the gas, it didn't start back on. That's crazy shit right there. If anything happens or you know, God forbid, you're in a situation, whatever the fuck it may be, you're on train tracks or something and something hits your car, whatever, you need to get the fuck out of there. If you have auto start on, you know, you might not be able to get away. So just word of game. I always just say, well, I don't like this shit anyways. But now that I know about that, shit. So um, I'll be at the Lakers game tomorrow. My first Laker game this season, we've been playing so fucking inconsistent. Got no idea what to think. I mean, AD, I mean, my man goes down every game. He's like, you know, he's hurt, not hurt. You don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know if I could take it anymore. You know, Russ, you know, is inconsistent. He's had a crazy game the other night. Then last night, just like, I don't know what happened. Against OKC, like, we're playing against the Cavs tomorrow. And, you know, it's crazy. Floor seats right now, as I've said, are going for 25 to 100 grand at any given game. Against the Sacramento fucking Kings, shitty floor seats on the side are like 15, 20 grand. A ticket. Okay. That's a decent car. All right. Anyways, I'm very grateful to have some of the best agents in the entire world. You see what these guys have done for me. The endorsements, the sponsors, the crazy collaborations, the things I've got going on. Well, got to give a big shout out to BBGo. BBGo is like the Korean Chipotle, except for Bibimbap. Bibimbap is like rice, vegetables, and meat. You don't have to have meat. You can have tofu. You can have egg. It's just a dish that's been, you know, been around forever. I've been eating it since I was a little kid, since I was fucking five years old. I've been eating this shit for 45 years, right? Anyways, BBGo is now the official Lakers sponsor. If you look on their jerseys, you'll see a BBGo patch on there. It used to say Wish. Now it's BBGo. They did a nine-figure deal with the Lakers. 
And through a partnership that I'll be doing, I had a good faith, BB Go has gifted me two tickets to the Lakers game on the floor. In fucking incredible. So I got to give a big shout to BB Go. Their food is actually great. I've actually had BB Go. And um, one of the first times I had it was in downtown LA in uh, 7th and Figueroa at, at the... Um, where they have the target at. They have all these gourmet little spots and it's just bomb. You get your rice, you get your little punch on over that stuff, you know, all your vegetables. And then you get some, I think I got like a deji bulgogi, you know, like the spicy pork. They got tofu, they got egg and shit, but it's bomb. I'm hyped. Koreans doing big things. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of big things, captain's picks. The captain picks, we're killing it right now. The other night, Tuesday night, we hit Every single one of our NBA picks. We are fucking destroying shit right now. So go to captainpicks.com to sign up. What are you waiting for? Let's make some money. Guess what? The Seahawks were fucking plus four. That means we covered on the game. Yeah, we lost. Still covered. Okay? So guys, don't be stupid. Okay? Now, got a big interview dropping on Monday. CEO of DraftKings, I'm pretty sure that episode is going to drop on Monday. Guys, Halloween is this Sunday. Please be safe. Um, I don't mean just by COVID. There's a lot of people out there doing bad. Uh, everywhere across the country, weirdo shit, you know? So just be careful. Um, by the way, my Jock Peterson card should be dropping to, I think, Friday, pretty sure. So that's a pretty cool card. Um, I'm gonna give you a hint. I couldn't, you know, just do a Dodger card. Couldn't just do a, a Braves card. And I'm really happy for him that being on you know, the World Series. And right now where they tied up 1-1, uh, I use all three teams. So first time ever a player has uh, it's a 2021 Topps car for my Project 70. And Jock is a Chicago Cub, Los Angeles Dodger, and Atlanta Brave. So make sure you check that out on the website. Big deal. For some reason, the MLB would not clear Jocktober. Oh no, I tried. It delayed the card. We almost fucked around, didn't release it in October. It's kind of fucked me up, but whatever. It is what it is. You know, I don't know. Speaking of tops, I got my tops chrome boxes. You know, I gave one away on Twitter. The guy knew Brian Fogel, was my coach, who gave me the name Ben Baller. And um, I'm going to be giving away some tops chrome on Monday. So sharpen up your BB game. Okay. Going to come with some trivia. Going to give away another box. To homie who won that box, I will send it out. Don't trip. I have not been around. Literally been gone everywhere. Going to fucking New York City next week for the Cause Gallery show. We are fucking releasing the Artist Proof. Well, not releasing. Debuting the Artist Proof Cause Kid Cudi 101 piece. It is a special piece. We got a lot of shit going on, guys. Again, don't forget the Captain Picks. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. All that good stuff. Sorry I lost my voice, guys. I will get it back. Gonna drink some tea with some honey and all that good shit. Until then, yo, catch up on all the episodes. You already know. We're still top 10 entrepreneur show. We are still a top ranked business show globally. All right? All right, guys. Again, not too much candy. Suck it easy. All that good stuff, man. And you know what? If you're a female listener of BTB, do me a favor. Can you just email behindtheballerpod at gmail.com? I'm trying to see something. Female listeners, okay? Yes, probably involves a gift, but just, I'm just curious. I have no idea how many female listeners I have listening to this show. All right? All right, y'all. My man Lakey's here right now. He's about to close it out. 
Okay, Jordan. Not Jordan Winter. Guys, forget. Lakey Inspire's name is Jordan, too. Yo, take us to the crib, fam. All right, we're out, y'all. Peace. <laughs>